This is Marilyn Lightstone Reads A Room with a View, the timeless Edwardian tale from E.M. Forster, and the sixth book in our podcast series, Marilyn Lightstone Reads, featuring the acclaimed Canadian actress, television and radio host, Marilyn Lightstone. Now, without further ado, here is Marilyn to read us E.M. Forster's A Room with a View. They reached the Beehive Tavern at about five o'clock. That amiable hostelry possesses a veranda in which the young and the unwise do dearly love to sit, while guests of more mature years seek a pleasant sanded room and have tea at a table comfortably. Mr. Beebe saw that Miss Bartlett would be cold if she sat out, and that Minnie would be dull if she sat in, so he proposed a division of forces. They would hand the child her food through the window. Thus, he was incidentally enabled to discuss the fortunes of Lucy. "'I have been thinking, Miss Bartlett,' he said, "'and unless you very much object, I would like to reopen that discussion.' She bowed. "'Nothing about the past. I know little and care less about that. I am absolutely certain that it is to your cousin's credit.' She has acted loftily and rightly, and it is like her gentle modesty to say that we think too highly of her. But the future. Seriously, what do you think of this Greek plan? He pulled out the letter again. I don't know whether you overheard, but she wants to join the Miss Allens in their mad career. It's it's all... Well, I, I can't explain. It's, it's wrong. Miss Bartlett read the letter in silence, laid it down, seemed to hesitate, and then read it again. I, I can't see the point of it myself. To his astonishment, she replied, There I cannot agree with you. In it I spy Lucy's salvation. Really? Now, why? She wanted to leave Windy Corner. I know, but it, it seems so odd, so unlike her, so... I was going to say, selfish. It is natural, surely, after such painful scenes, that she should desire a change. Here, apparently, was one of those points that the male intellect misses. Mr. Beebe exclaimed, So she says herself, and since another lady agrees with her, I must own that I am partially convinced. Perhaps she must have a change. I have no sisters or... "'And I don't understand these things. "'But why need she go as far as Greece?' "'You may well ask that,' replied Miss Bartlett, "'who was evidently interested "'and had almost dropped her evasive manner. "'Why Greece? "'What is it, Minnie, dear Jim? "'Why not Tunbridge Wells? "'Oh, Mr. Beebe, "'I had a long and most unsatisfactory interview "'with dear Lucy this morning. "'I cannot help her.' I will say no more. Perhaps I have already said too much. I am not to talk. I wanted her to spend six months with me at Tunbridge Wells, and she refused. Mr. Beebe poked at a crumb with his knife. But my feelings are no importance. I know too well that I get on Lucy's nerves. Our tour was a failure. She wanted to leave Florence, and when we got to Rome, she did not want to be in Rome, and all the time I felt that I was spending her mother's money. Let us keep to the future, though, interrupted Mr. Beebe. I want your advice. 
Very well, said Charlotte, with a choky abruptness that was new to him, though familiar to Lucy. I, for one, will help her to go to Greece. Will you? Mr. Beebe considered. It is absolutely necessary, she continued, lowering her veil and whispering through it with a passion, an intensity that surprised him. I know, I know. The darkness was coming on, and he felt that this odd woman really did know. She must not stop here a moment, and we must keep quiet till she goes. I trust that the servants know nothing. Afterwards, but I may have said too much already, only Lucy and I are helpless against Mrs. Honeychurch alone. If you help, we may succeed. Otherwise, 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 she repeated, as if the word held finality. Yes, I will help her, said the clergyman, setting his jaw firm. Come, let us go back now, and settle the whole thing up. Miss Bartlett burst into florid gratitude. The tavern sign, a beehive trimmed evenly with bees, creaked in the wind outside as she thanked him. Mr. Beebe did not quite understand the situation, but then he did not desire to understand it, nor to jump to the conclusion of another man that would have attracted a grosser mind. He only felt that Miss Bartlett knew of some vague influence from which the girl desired to be delivered, and which might well be clothed in the fleshly form. Its very vagueness spurred him into night errantry. His belief in celibacy, so reticent, so carefully concealed beneath his tolerance and culture, now came to the surface and expanded like some delicate flower. They that marry do well, but they that refrain do better. So ran his belief, and he never heard that an engagement was broken off, but with a slight feeling of pleasure. In the case of Lucy, the feeling was intensified through dislike of Cecil, and he was willing to go further, to place her out of danger until she could confirm her resolution of virginity. The feeling was very subtle and quite undogmatic, and he never imparted it to any other of the characters in this entanglement. Yet it existed, and it alone explains his actions subsequently, and his influence on the action of others. The compact that he made with Miss Bartlett in the tavern was to help not only Lucy, but religion also. They hurried home through a world of black and grey. He conversed on indifferent topics, the Emerson's need of a housekeeper, servants, Italian servants, novels about Italy, novels with a purpose. Could literature influence life? Windy Corner glimmered. In the garden, Mrs. Honeychurch, now helped by Freddy, still wrestled with the lives of her flowers. It gets too dark, she said hopelessly. "'This comes of putting off. "'We might have known the weather would break up soon, "'and now Lucy wants to go to Greece. "'I don't know what the world is coming to.' "'Mrs. Honeychurch,' he said, "'go to Greece she must. "'Come up to the house and let's talk it over. "'Do you, in the first place, mind her breaking with vice?' "'Mr. Beebe, I'm thankful, simply thankful.' "'So am I,' said Freddy. "'Good.' Now, come up to the house. 
They conferred in the dining room for half an hour. Lucy would never have carried the Greek scheme alone. It was expensive and dramatic, both qualities that her mother loathed. Nor would Charlotte have succeeded. The honors of the day rested with Mr. Beebe. By his tact and common sense, and by his influence as a clergyman, for a clergyman who was not a fool influenced Mrs. Honeychurch greatly, he bent her to their purpose. "'I don't see why Greece is necessary,' she said. "'But as you do, I suppose it is all right. It must be something I can't understand. Lucy, let's tell her. Lucy!' "'She is playing the piano,' Mr. Beebe said. He opened the door and heard the words of a song. "'Look not thou on beauty's charming, "'sit thou still when kings are arming, "'taste not when the wine-cup glistens.' "'It's a song that Cecil gave her. "'How odd girls are!' "'What's that?' called Lucy, stopping short. "'All right, dear.' said Mrs. Honeychurch kindly. She went into the drawing-room, and Mr. Beebe heard her kiss Lucy and say, I am sorry I was so cross about Greece, but it came on the top of the dahlias. Rather a hard voice said, Thank you, Mother. That doesn't matter a bit. And you are right, too. Greece will be all right. You can go if the Miss Allens will have you. Oh, splendid. Oh, thank you. Mr. Beebe followed. Lucy still sat at the piano with her hands over the keys. She was glad, but he had expected greater gladness. Her mother bent over her. Freddy, to whom she had been singing, reclined on the floor, with his head against her, and an unlit pipe between his lips. Oddly enough, the group was beautiful. Mr. Beebe, who loved the art of the past, was reminded of a favorite theme, the Santa Conversazione, in which people who care for one another are painted chatting together about noble themes, a theme neither sensual nor sensational, and therefore ignored by the art of today. Why should Lucy want either to marry or to travel when she had such friends at home? She continued singing. Taste not when the wine cup glistens, speak not when the people listens. Here's Mr. Beebe. Mr. Beebe knows my rude ways. It's a beautiful song and a wise one, said he. Go on. It isn't very good, she said listlessly. I forget why. Harmony or something. I suspected it was unscholarly. It's so beautiful. The tune's right enough, said Freddy, but the words are rotten. Why throw up the sponge? How stupidly you talk, said his sister. The Santa Conversazione was broken up. After all, there was no reason that Lucy should talk about Greece or thank him for persuading her mother. So he said goodbye. Freddy lit his bicycle lamp for him in the porch, and with his usual felicity of phrase said, This has been a day and a half. The singing continued. Stop thine ear against the singer, from the red gold keep thy finger, vacant heart and hand and eye, easy live and quiet. 
I love weather like this, said Freddy. Mr. Beebe passed into it. The two main facts were clear. She had behaved splendidly, and he had helped her. He could not expect to master the details of so big a change in a girl's life. If here and there she was dissatisfied or puzzled, he must acquiesce. She was choosing the better part. Vacant heart and hand and eye. Perhaps the song stated the better part rather too strongly. He half fancied that the soaring accompaniment, which he did not lose in the shout of the gale, really agreed with Freddy and was gently criticizing the words that it adorned. Vacant heart and hand and eye, easy live and quiet dine. However, for the fourth time, Windy Corner lay poised below him, now as a beacon in the roaring tides of darkness. Thanks for listening to Marilyn Lightstone Reads, A Room with a View. This episode was produced by Justin Eacock, executive producer Moses Nimer. This is the sixth book in our Marilyn Lightstone Reads podcast series. We invite you to go back and listen to Marilyn Reed, Pride and Prejudice, The Age of Innocence, Anne of Green Gables, Jane Eyre, and A Christmas Carol. You can also help support this podcast by recommending it to friends and leaving a five-star review in your preferred podcast store. And while you're there, look for a variety of other quality podcasts proudly presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.